Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Accepted Authority podcast. My name's Greg Rowworth, and I'm your host for the Accepted Authority podcast. And in this podcast, we talk about the challenges around growing your consultancy practice and specifically how you can be seen as the accepted authority in your field so that you have clients coming to you pre-sold, ready to buy, rather than having to always be sharpening your pencil, always be looking for where your next client is coming from, or always wondering about that next networking meeting that you really don't want to go to, but you know that you should because there's no other way that you're going to attract clients. So today I want to address the process of creating your own clients rather than waiting for clients to come to you, which is so often the way that we find consultants operating. You know, waiting for the next referral, going to networking meetings to meet people, hoping that they could be the right connections to either become a client or connect them to clients through the referral process. Now, there's nothing wrong with those methods except that you have no real control over how you acquire clients through that process. Yes, we all want referrals, and referrals are great. Referrals come with an element of trust attached, which can't be achieved in a lot of other ways of acquiring clients. However, what I want to talk about today is how to create your own clients with that level of trust that they have, possibly even higher than they would in a um, referral situation. And the methodology I want to talk about today is what I've used to grow my three consultancy practice that I have started, grown and sold before I started operating this one. And that methodology came about because I wasn't a great networker. I was a shy person. Now, a lot of you may not be aware of this, but when I started out in business, I was an extremely shy person. I was an accountant initially, so I was quite typical of a lot of accountants where I preferred to spend my days sitting in front of a computer screen rather than talking to people. And the thought of ever having to be in a selling situation probably would have freaked me out if I even really even really thought about it. But it was such a remote possibility um, in the early days of my career that I really didn't give it much thought until I found myself one day in my own business almost by accident because my previous boss and I had a disagreement about my value to his company. And um, the next day after that conversation, I was uh, looking for something else to do with my career. And uh, this was back in Adelaide in, well, uh, a number of years ago when I was working part-time or and you know, eventually developed into a full-time 
fill-in role, putting in irrigation systems, pop-up sprinkler systems that we were installing into um, people's gardens, people's home gardens, um, lawns and gardens. So after that conversation, I decided that I reckon I could run a business better than that jerk. So I decided to go into business for myself. And uh, that started the process of how do I actually get sales? How do I go into business and, and find, find sales, find clients, find customers for my irrigation business? So I had to learn very quickly how to do that. So I went to some networking meetings, went to uh, some sales courses and very rudimentary type of um, selling situations where initially I started to put an ad in the newspaper, um, distribute leaflets in uh, people's letterboxes and started to get work. And uh, because it was summertime when this started, we managed to get work. And I started to grow a small team to help me with the installation of the irrigation systems. Now, that was great through the summer, but you can imagine what happened around Easter time in, in Adelaide, South Australia, where I was working and living. Come Easter, after the summer, middle of autumn, starting to get cold, starting to get towards winter, people stopped thinking about installing irrigation systems. They knew that they didn't have to worry about watering their gardens again until springtime and summertime. So the inquiries that were coming from the leaflet distribution from the newspaper ads well, I could say dried up, <laughs> to use a very bad pun. We stopped getting opportunities for sales. Now, at that time, there was really no option for me to do anything else but to do something I never thought I would ever see myself doing. But it was the only way that there was any possibility of getting sales so that my family could eat over the, the winter time. And that was go out and knock on doors, cold calling, cold door knocking in the streets around the most popular areas that we were um, making sales through the summer. In the, the wealthier areas of Adelaide, I found myself wandering the streets and sometimes they were cold, wet winter days, door knocking and asking people if they were interested in installing pop-up sprinkler systems. Now, you can imagine that on, on those cold, wet days, Asking people if they'd considered installing a sprinkler system, that some of those responses were, you've got to be joking. <laughs> Why would I want to install a sprinkler system when it's raining? 
So what that meant for me is that I had to come up with an offer that was enough to entice those people who normally wouldn't be thinking about installing a sprinkler system at all to, to make it worth their while to install a sprinkler system in the middle of winter when they didn't need it so that they had it there when they did need it in the summer. It took some thought, but it was not a very difficult process of thinking of what might incentivize people to install a sprinkler system in the middle of winter when they didn't need it. And what I came up with was this absolutely brilliant idea of offering them a winter discount. <laughs> now, obviously, that's a pretty simple incentive to, to think about and um, not a very challenging process to offer them a winter discount. And for us, it was worthwhile because it gave us work and still a small profit. But the main advantage of getting work through the winter, apart from providing money for us to have some income so we could eat, was that also meant that I could keep my team busy and employed through the winter time so that come the busy summertime, I didn't have to go out and recruit new people to start the process all over again. So it was worthwhile even just carrying the team through the winter so that we had the capacity to take on more work in the summer. Now, why am I telling you this story about a business installing pop-up sprinkler systems and what's the relevance of that to creating your own clients? Well, what that situation taught me when it came to going into consulting was that it was possible to create your own client base. And it, the principles behind finding clients and customers in the irrigation business weren't that different to how to find clients for my consulting practice. And when I started my consulting practice, there was no advantage of a summer season to bring clients to me. So it was almost like starting from scratch and having to find clients straight away. And obviously going to network meetings, being around people that could provide referrals was a way to start. But really that process was far too slow for me. And what I think really happens is that for most consultants, waiting for referrals provides some work, yes, but really it's far too slow a process and the lack of control over the process, the lack of control over client acquisition means it's really far too slow to be able to grow your business at the rate that is possible if you actually take a different approach. And that different approach is to look at how can you create your own clients? So let's look at the similarities between what I did in my irrigation business and what I still do now to create my own clients in the consulting practices that I've run and the current one that I'm running. What it comes down to is, first of all, have an offer that is appealing enough 
to my target market to make them consider taking me on as a consultant. Now, that offer is the critical thing. And what I find with most consultants is that on their websites, when they talk to people, when they stand up and, and tell people what they do at networking meetings, they're typically trying to sell their services. If they're an accountant, they will talk about their accounting services. If they're a health and, safe, health and safety consultant, they will talk about the health and safety services that they provide. It doesn't matter what type of consultant they are, they focus on what they do for their clients, the services that they provide. Now, that's well and good, but really there's nothing in telling people what services you offer that really has any appeal to your target market. All it really does is perhaps attracts a few people if they're really in the market, if they're actually considering purchasing those types of services. Now, you might say, well, isn't that enough? And my experience is no, it's not enough because there just aren't enough people actively searching for the types of services that you would provide. And if you're the sort of consultant that I'm talking about where you provide services that aren't highly in demand, where they're not the sort of services that people want every day repeatedly. And for most of us, and particularly people in my target market, people I work with, the sort of clients that I work with, they have high-value services that their clients use maybe only once in a lifetime, once in several years potentially. So each sale has a high value, but there's not a, a, a massive number of people out there looking you up on Google. Now, there are some services like dentists, um, chiropractors, you know, a lot of people perhaps in the health profession where there is a level of demand where there is a market that is hunting for your services. So that's where there's a distinction that needs to be made and where there's a lot of confusion for a lot of consultants who see that sort of marketing of offering services that are in demand and seeing that people like doctors and, and dentists and health practitioners getting clients because they're promoting their services. And that's all well and good when those services are in high demand. But when they're not, like most of us in high-value consultancy services, we don't have that level of demand where people are out there every day looking for the sort of work that you do. Now, there are a few, and they're the people that typically will come to you through referrals. But what I want you to understand is that if you have a client base where you're solving similar problems for similar people or similar organisations, 
consistently. So those types of services that you offer apply to what's known in the industry as a niche market, then it's likely that the sort of clients that you will have value for are very similar to the sort of clients that have been your best clients in the past. So one of the exercises I get my clients to do is to research their client base. Go back over the types of clients they've worked with, the types of work they've done for those clients, and really help to understand which of those clients were the better clients to work with, which of those clients were their premium clients. Because if we're going to do marketing and if we're going to create our own clients, then why should we bother trying to attract anyone else but our premium level clients? So if we can do that, my suggestion is that you focus on those premium clients and build all of your marketing, all of the processes around creating your own clients to focus on those premium level clients and their needs because the clients that you've worked with in the past that are premium level clients will typically have a similar set of needs. They have the same sorts of problems that you're able to solve for them that are high value problems or high cost problems, if I put it that way. And as a result, your services are of high value to them. So if we have a high value service or a high value solution, to put it a better way, for clients that have a high cost problem, then we can look at who are the types of clients or the types of organizations or people in the market that are most likely to have those problems. Which organizations or people in your target market are likely to have the high cost problem that you can solve? Because when we understand that, we can really focus on those clients, that subset of the whole market, the niche market that you work best with, and focus all of our marketing on those people. Now, how do you create clients when they're not out there looking for you, when they're not in the market for your services? Basically, you've got to do what I did, knocking on those doors on the cold Adelaide mornings and make them an offer they can't refuse, ideally. You've got to come up with an offer that is so appealing to them that they will consider your services or consider taking you on when they weren't even looking for you. Now, the success of my businesses in the past I put down to that one thing, my ability to create clients who weren't looking for me, to attract clients who weren't in the market by providing them with an offer that was so appealing that they had to consider it. Now, there's a process to go through, and we've talked about the six E's process previously in this podcast, where it's a process of starting a relationship with value providing your potential clients with information that educates them around the problems that they have and the solutions that are best to solve that problem. 
because the reason they're not looking for your services is that they're probably not really aware of how to solve the problems they have. And for some of them, they're not even really aware that they have a real problem. Sometimes your potential clients are just putting up with the status quo. They're doing things the way they've always done them without realizing them that there is a better way. So when you're able to educate them that there is a better way and then make them an offer to provide value for them in talking to you about that's um, the solution to their problem, you pique their interest, you get their attention, you start to build a relationship with them where they see you as the potential saviour for their problem. So my recommendation, if you're waiting for clients, if you're hoping to get the next referral and you're not sure where it's coming from, is to start to think about how can you create your own clients? Now, I'm actually doing the exact same thing that I'm talking about right now because perhaps you weren't aware that there is a solution for the problem you may have of not having enough clients or not being able to attract your premium level clients consistently and predictably in a way that helps you grow your business sustainably. If you're the sort of person in your consulting practice that has to put up with peaks and troughs. Your sales are like a roller coaster of busy times and then slow times. And you have the ups and downs that maybe give you some sort of consistency across a full year of generating revenue that maybe ends up being similar to what it was last year. But through the year, you've got ups and downs where sometimes you're busy, sometimes you're quiet, sometimes you'd, you've got too much work for your team. Other times you're wondering where the next project's coming from and now you're going to have enough work for them for the next month. If that's your situation, the solution is find a process or build a process, develop the process and systemize the process of creating your own clients. So if you'd like to know more about how you can do that, then reach out to me. There's a number of ways you can do that. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or on Facebook and just search for Greg Roworth on each of those platforms or reach out to me on my website, businessflightpath.com. Because if you're in that situation of not having enough clients will not be able to create clients at will, there is a solution for you. And what I'm talking about is the success path that I've created, three successful consultancy practices that I've been able to grow and sell because I was able to create my own clients. So this has been Greg Roworth. This is the Accepted Authority podcast. I hope that you... We'll take action on what I've talked about today and reach out to me if that's your situation. But I welcome you listening into this podcast and being a contributor to my world just by listening in and, uh, and receiving the value that I hope that you're finding in the podcast. 
So that's it for this week. This has been the Accepted Authority podcast. Greg Roworth out.